coming up on the Keto Cam Podcast, we welcome back thyroid expert, Dr. Rebecca Warren. You guys have been sold a lie on how easy it is to heal your thyroid or to heal your body. It's a layered thing. And so when I tell people the healing process is not a destination, right? The healing process is I don't want you to just be well 30 days from now. The healing process is that five years from now, you're feeling younger and better and doing more than you're doing today. That is how being able to adapt as you age. We have access to ancient healing strategies such as ketosis, fasting, and carnivore. And on the Keto Camp Podcast, we are determined to deliver the science to you. We bring in the thought leaders in this space to have extraordinary conversations so you could apply it and change your life. Your body was built to thrive. Your body is capable of healing as long as you identify the interference and remove it. I believe you are a masterpiece because you are a piece of the master. My name is Ben Azadi. I'm the best-selling author of Keto Flex, and I want to thank you for spending part of your day with me. Hey, Keto Camper, Ben Azadi here. Thank you so much for pressing play today. I hope you're having an exceptional day, chock full of vitamin G gratitude, I've got a lot of vitamin G for you. There's so many things you can do, so many podcasts you can listen to, but you chose us today, so thank you. You're not going to regret it. We bring back Dr. Rebecca Warren, our resident thyroid expert. This is the fourth time she's been on our podcast, and this was, put your thinking cap on, a research-backed episode with a lot of hope and actionable steps. We get into the conversation of autoimmune disease and autoimmune triggers, especially when it relates to thyroid health. I don't know if you knew this, but 90% of all autoimmune disorders is autoimmune-based. She's going to get into some research that we'll put in the notes down below regarding the COVID vaccination and this autoimmune response cytokine storm specifically as it results to affecting the thyroid gland. So you'll learn about that. We talk about thyroid cancer and nodules, the role of ketosis and fasting to harness the P53 gene, which is a tumor suppression gene, and why when you don't fast and don't do keto and have high levels of glucose in your body, it blunts this mutation and causes some problems with cancer growth. She gets into a study on the ketogenic diet and NAC which helped with shown reduction in thyroid cancer, the relationship between environmental toxins and thyroid health. She also outlines and maps out a two-step approach for you to really optimize thyroid function. The first part of that is to understand your labs, get the right lab work done, antibodies. We talk about TSH, T4, T3, reverse T3, antibodies to get done how to have that conversation with your doctor, while why TSH alone means nothing when it comes to thyroid health. We talk about different medication options and glandulars and supplements that you could potentially use and the importance of fixing your gut, opening up detox pathways, reviewing your elimination pathways. Are you sweating? Are you moving? 
Do you have a normal menstrual cycle, normal bowel movement? These are very important things that we speak about. Then we talk about the relationship between the liver and the thyroid and how high reverse T3 could be a liver issue and so much more. You are going to just love this episode. Go check out the notes and also check out the studies down below we're going to put from today's episode with Dr. Rebecca Warren. We do talk about detox a lot and heavy metals is a big part. Removing heavy metals is a big part for fixing your thyroid. And I am taking a small group through a 90-day heavy metals detox journey. We start September 6, 2022, but... That's when class starts. We're signing up people right now. And once we get enough registrants, we're going to close out this group and we will not open up another group until 2023 next year. So if you really want to do detox the right way, which is one of the best ways to support your thyroid, because for example, mercury, the heavy metal mercury has an affinity for the thyroid gland. I want to show you how to do detox. This is exactly what I've learned from Dr. Pampa, what I've done to myself. It's been the biggest needle mover when it comes to what I've done for my health. Keto and fasting is great, but it wasn't until I did this detox that things really improved. And I've seen that time after time with other participants who joined this detox journey. So if you want to learn more and be one of the few students who are going to join me for 90 days for group coaching calls, online platform, supplements including, testing kits included, accountability and support included, Head to ketocampdetox.com. Camp is spelled with K. Ketocampdetox.com to learn more. And hopefully I could show you how to detox the right way. I want to take a minute to get to the Apple Podcast rating and review of the day. Bainsba said, five stars, this is life-changing. Y'all, stop scrolling. Stop. Take a listen. Ben is the most genuine, kind, caring podcaster you're ever going to find. And on top of that, he's smart as a whip. He has a passion for learning and teaching others. He has a wide range of topics from mental health to physical health. He's here to help others and does it with the utmost grace. I know if you give his podcast a chance, your life will be changed like mine has. Bainsa, Bainsba, excuse me. I love you and I appreciate you and I'm so thankful. Thank you so much for that kind review. I'm so glad you listened. I'm so glad you took the time to leave that review. Thank you. If you have not left the Keto Camp Podcast a rating and review as of yet, please do so right now. Okay, let's dive right in. Uh, let's talk about your thyroid with Dr. Rebecca Warren. Rebecca Warren, Dr. Rebecca Warren, welcome back to the Keto Camp Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. I love being on here. And I always, I always have to brag on your followers. Oh my gosh, the community you have of people that want to get well and just take it to the next level. It's so much fun to meet and talk with them after being on your shows. So I'm glad to be here. They love you. I was telling, I was telling some of the Keto Camp Academy students, I'm like, hey, I'm interviewing our favorite thyroid expert, Rebecca, soon. Uh, so they're looking forward to that. This is actually the fourth time you've been on my podcast because we've done challenge interviews with the, and I've repurposed those. So if you want to go back for those listening and watching, if you want to go back and listen to the previous episodes, episode 355, 279, and 254. Uh, and then this is the fourth round. We're going to have a great conversation and uh, we're going to go into some, we're going to geek out together. Before we do, you have uh, a new podcast yourself yes. um, called the Thyroid Less Life Podcast, which is perfect because you don't have a thyroid. So why did you decide to launch your own podcast, Rebecca? 
Yeah. So first of all, I'm going to tell them we're going deep on this podcast, so they definitely should listen to those podcasts because that's the beginner levels. But I wanted to make a podcast because I've lived without a thyroid for 17 years. I've been following the research for my own health, working with other people with thyroid issues or have had their thyroid removed. And you know what? There's such a unique perspective that I have. Not only do I have the clinical side, the research side, but I have the personal side. So I wanted to create a podcast where I can share all of that and also share my personal health journey. Because whether you have a thyroid or not, thyroid healing, hormone balancing, it's it's a lifetime practice. You have to be working on your health. Some seasons you're doing more, some seasons you're doing less. But I wanted to create a platform where people can hear a doctor sharing that experience, right? Sharing the information, but also what it really looks like to detox for hormone health or what it looks like to fast for hormone health and 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 what it looks like to kind of troubleshoot all of that. So that's why I wanted to do it. I wanted people, I wanted to walk alongside people in that healing process. And really, I visualized that what I talked about on that podcast is all the same information I wish someone had told me a decade and a half ago. Yeah, as I love that you launched your own podcast. So everybody go subscribe to it. It's called the Thyroid List Podcast, Thyroid List Life Podcast. Doctor Rebecca, it's a tongue twister. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put a link for it down below. And uh, if you want to hear Rebecca's story, uh, those are in previous episodes as well. But let's talk about you know autoimmune disease, which we know autoimmune disease is freaking out of control. Yeah, there mm-hmm. are a hundred autoimmune diseases out there, an additional forty associated to it. And the percentages of people that are getting autoimmune disease has increased, especially over the last two years or so. So you have, you were telling me offline, you were looking at some really interesting research to see what was going on here. What were the contributing factors? So what have you found in your research? So this is a really interesting conversation because the first thing we have to clarify is what is an autoimmune issue, right? It's a systemic issue. It's an immune imbalance, right? And I specialize in the thyroid. Now, a majority, up to over 90% of thyroid disorders, whether you're hyper or hypo, is an autoimmune disorder. But the problem is this. When you have an autoimmune autoimmune disorder, you get a name for it. So let's say you get Hashimoto's. So now your doctor says, you have Hashimoto's. And they sell you on this idea, whether it's conscious or subconscious, that now you have a thyroid issue. No, you have a whole body issue. We know that when you have one autoimmune disorder in your body, you're three times as likely to develop another, right? And this can go with any autoimmune issue, right? The idea is that you think you might have this lupus or you might have this RA and it's this one thing. No, it's a whole body issue. And when that's in balance, you will continue to see a whole body symptom kind of reaction, different things starting to jump up. So especially with a thyroid, I think that's just wild because- Within medicine, we've got it all figured out. You have a thyroid autoimmune issue, we got it all figured out. If it's hyper, we'll give you methamazole, right? Or or a drug that's going to shut down your thyroid. We got it taken care of. Or if you're hypo, you have Hashimoto's, you have these thyroid antibodies, well, we got you taken care of, we'll get you on Synthroid. Neither one of those work with the immune system. Neither one of those are addressing the trigger for your autoimmune disorder. So people are like, I got it taken care of. You might even start to feel better while this imbalance with your immune system is persisting. And now you're creating this cascade of events that lead to not only other autoimmune disorders, but the scariest and the saddest thing is it's going to increase your chances of thyroid cancer. 
And doctors don't warn you about that until you're literally sitting in their office and they're telling you not only do you have thyroid cancer, but the next step is to just cut out this vital organ because again, they got it all figured out, right? If we can cut out this vital organ, we're not addressing the autoimmune trigger, we're not addressing toxicity, we're not addressing what's going on there. If we cut out the thyroid, they're only removing the sick organ and they can put you on a pill now for the rest of your life. So the whole autoimmune thing, you have to stop looking at it as a organ, singular organ system thing. You have to look at it as a whole body immune system thing. And the last thing I'll add into that is when we're looking at this imbalance within your immune system, it's usually within your T helper cells, right? You got TH1, TH2, you have cells that target tissue and then you have cells that will attack it and there's a cytokine component, right? You know, depending on which one is more dominant, there's certain things that you can do for each one, but there's a cytokine component to it and an imbalance in your immune system. So getting on a pill or just trying to suppress it is never getting down to why that happened or helping to reset that immune system. That's very important to understand. That's conventional versus functional, what you just explained right there. It's, it's not unique. It's not an organ issue. It's a whole body issue. So what are the, the most common contributing factors towards what's happening here with the body going off, with the innate intelligence being blocked? Like what's blocking? What's the most common yeah. things that are blocking it? Yes. Well, I'm going to tell you the most common things, and then I'm going to tell you what's probably become, going to become the most common thing that we have to talk about, right? So we know that there's triggers, things like Lyme disease, um, viral infections, reactivation of things like Epstein-Barr, like that monovirus, um, being exposed to mold, cavitations um, in your mouth, gut infections, right? It's not, unfortunately, I have to just put this out here, right? Like, it's not just going to be your nutrition because everyone's like always asking, well, I got thyroid antibodies, right? Like, what do I do? Or I have Hashimoto's, I have Graves, I have a thyroid issue. Like, what do I do? And I'm like, oh, it goes deeper, right? Because you have to make sure you've got the nutrition that's foundational. You got to make sure your clearance pathways are good, that you're pooping, you're peeing, you're menstruating, you're sweating, your lymphatic is moving. Then when you know that your body can handle it, your adrenals are good, then you have to start detoxing. And usually in that last stage is where you identify that underlying trigger. So those are kind of like what we tend to see, like going deeper, like what are these triggers that are going on, right? But I think a really big thing that I do want to discuss that I implore everyone to look at what's happened with their health in the last two and a half years is the effect of not just the COVID virus, but the COVID vaccination. Right. And Ben, I told you I've got links for multiple studies that you can add to the notes that um, people can have access to. So first, I'm going to talk about how having the COVID virus can create uh, a thyroid storm, a thyroid issue. Right. We know that the way that the COVID virus works is through ACE2 receptors. Right. Going in there. And when we have there can be long haul symptoms, there can be cytokine storms with people. Um, that get that COVID virus. But what we are starting to realize is that, oh, wait a minute. So if it's going through that ACE2 receptor, guess where we have a lot of those is in your thyroid, right? So that COVID virus within the thyroid, utilizing those ACE2 receptors, creating this hyperinflammatory response we're seeing in studies can lead to things like hyperinflammation in the thyroid and destructive thyroiditis, 
Why do you think, Rebecca, why do you think the thyroid has so many of these ACE receptor sites? What's the reasoning behind that? I'll be honest with you. I don't, I don't know. I yeah. actually, I focused during COVID. I wanted to know why I was seeing so many people having these like graves. It tends to be graves and then you can have like some other Hashimoto's. I just found in the studies that it was there. I don't know why. And that's a good question. Maybe I'll look into that even further. Um, but it is, it's just rich in the, in the thyroid gland. That is a really good question. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm just wondering if, like, I, I don't even know if there's an answer out there to why, but I'm I'm wondering, like, what would be the like the guess? Like, what would yeah. be your guess to to why there would be more in the thyroid? I I'm how about this? I'm gonna look into it and then I'm gonna come back. Okay. We'll do a post Deal. post edit thing because that's a really good question. I think I focused so much on like how did we get here, not necessarily why that's there, but that is a really good question. I'm definitely gonna look into. So continue continue your thought process. We have a situation where a lot of people are getting vaccinated, a lot of people are getting COVID even without the vaccination, yeah. and now we're seeing this um, thyroid flare up. Yes. Well, the COVID vaccination is going to be a little bit differently. And I think this is where I want to encourage people to be aware of yourself, aware of your body, because unfortunately, it's not being tracked. We're seeing these studies, these preliminary studies that are coming out and saying, oh, wait a minute. Post-COVID vaccination, especially if there's like a second or third dose, we're seeing these thyroid issues, right? There's a study that was used for the Natural Public Health Emergency Collection, um, and it was a smaller kind of group, but they talk about that issue, right? They talk about how if endocrinologists are not asking, if they're not putting it on their paperwork, if they're not getting the timeline of your last vaccine and a flare-up of symptoms of underlying issues, we're not going to find out about it. And they're saying, we're not, it's not being done. So in this one study um, that I just said, you know, and I'll, I'll share that link, you know, they, out of this 83 reported cases, 70% had subacute thyroiditis, 25% uh, had Graves disease, and the re remaining percentage had a mixture of both or silent thyroiditis or thyroid eye disease, right? That's just wild that this could be happening. Now, there's theories, right? Why they're saying that this could be going on. So we know that the spike protein that's used in the COVID vaccine, it shares similar features to like human protein. So they're saying that spike protein can be that one trigger that makes autoimmunity, that imbalance in the immune, immune system happen to patients that are susceptible. And I'll make a note as to who might be susceptible, right? So they say that's an option. They say that the COVID vaccine can create hyperinflammation which is gonna make that thyroid very, very inflammatory. So it's like, I, I mentioned that Epstein-Barr, like there's underlying viruses or like Lyme that can activate autoimmunity. They're saying that the inflammation that the COVID vaccine causes can have that same type of reaction you would see in Epstein-Barr or Lyme disease. The, the last one I thought was really, really interesting is there's another option that they're like, well, maybe it's an adjuvant type of problem right? So we know that different vaccines have adjuvants. The interesting thing about the mRNA vaccine is they don't have adjuvants. But what they're reporting is that the mRNA is what's called an immunogen. So not only is it an immunogen, but it can act like an adjuvant in the body because of its RNA properties. So here's like a few different theories as to like, because we've seen 
autoimmune triggered by different vaccines like the flu vaccine or the hep B vaccine. But the only difference between having triggers like that is that we're kind of being the study, right? We know Pfizer, there's like 593 million dosages, uh, Moderna, 140 million, AstraZeneca, 68 million, Johnson & Johnson, 18.5 million, right? So all these people that are being introduced to all these possible factors and are kind of sent on their way. And unless you are asking the right questions, unless you are aware, you've got to trust your body, right? I've had people come in and they're like, I've been, I don't know what's going on. I'm having increased heart rate. And I went to the emergency room because I couldn't swallow. And that's an extreme case. It shows up differently. You can just have Hashimoto's. You might not know that this triggered it and you have an autoimmune issues until someone does the right test three years from now, right? But for the people that are seeing me right now, they're like, I thought I had this. And we sit and we put this timeline and we can see this trigger happens a month after getting vaccinated or three months after being vaccinated. So the idea is that if you want to get well, because I always get asked, how do I heal my thyroid? How do I get better? Some people are like, how do I get off of thyroid medication? You've got to understand your trigger. You've got to understand what triggered that autoimmune response. Where did you see this flare up so that you know how to best support your body? And what I was going to say here is the problem with, especially when it comes to the thyroid and autoimmunity, is that you can have thyroid antibodies in your body seven to nine years without realizing it, right? You can have already this imbalance in the you know, response of your immune system within the TH cells and the cytokine kind of whole system going on, it could be there for seven to 10 years, right? You could have thyroid tissue destruction and not know it until you finally have symptoms. So this idea of who is healthy and who is not, especially when it comes to an autoimmune disorder, you can't look at someone and be like, well, this person's healthy or they're not unless you're doing deeper testing, right? So who are these susceptible people for an autoimmune disorder? Well, it could be you. Unless you're doing the right test, you don't know it. And then now you get you know, introduced to the virus or introduced to the vaccine. And now it kind of brings everything that you've been able to manage to the surface and it accelerates disease. You have to know why something is going on, what triggered it so that you can work to put it in remission. So you, you said a couple of things. You said you got to ask the right questions and get the right labs done. So what are the right questions to be asking our doctors and what are the labs that are essential we all should get done? Yes. Okay. So taking it a step further, right? I would say this. I would do like a full wellness panel. You need to be looking at your C-reactive protein. You got to look at that. That's a marker that will go up when we're seeing a lot of inflammation, even within the thyroid. Look at your C-reactive protein look at your fasting, like, you know, you talk about the glucose numbers, right? Like you toss, but I think that's vitally important, especially when we're looking at inflammation, fasting insulin, CBC, A1C, triglycerides, right? Those are going to be essential. Homocysteine, being depleted in homocysteine, like not just having, sorry, homocysteine levels that are trending high means there's going to be a methylation issue. We know homocysteine is going to be a connection with C-reactive protein and like, like vessel health and all that, but homocysteine is a really, really big one. Now, when it's looking for thyroid, you got to do the full panel. And we talked about that on your last episode, right? So, but share it again. Yeah, share it okay. again. So, what are those? Yeah, so TSH, thyroid-stimulating hormone, 
Now that can go up and down depending, like it's not gonna be the only number you get done. It's a pituitary hormone. It lets you know if your body's really been under chronic stress or if things are starting to rumble in there, but you can still have an autoimmune issue with normal TSH. But thyroid stimulating hormone, your free T4, which is the output of your thyroid production. So looking at your free unbound T4, then you have to convert that T4 into T3. So you need to test free T3. Now, here are the big ones. Reverse T3. Your doctor, I see 50% of the time, doctors do not want to order it because insurance won't cover it or they don't know how to use it. You get reverse T3. It is a stress marker. If you have an autoimmune issue, you can get by feeling okay because reverse T3. So you want to know, is that reverse T3 high? Because I'm about to crash if I get depleted of my reverse T3. So reverse T3, it's inactivation of some of that thyroid hormone just in case, just in case things are stressful, just in case we need backup. So if your body's stressed, you're going to see your body start to protect itself and start deactivating thyroid hormone. And then you'll start using that deactivated thyroid hormone until you're completely depleted. Get reverse T3 down. Now, TSI, TPO, that's a new one. We didn't talk about that last time. TPO and thyroglobulin antibodies. Those three. TSI is going to be more associated with Graves, which is hyperthyroidism. And then you get TPO antibodies, thyroid peroxidase antibodies, and thyroglobulin antibodies. You need to get those done. I don't care if you got it done a year ago um, and it was fine. You should get it done every single year. It should be part of your wellness panel because once you see those numbers start to rise, you want to do something about it. And again, the reason why it's not tested is because there isn't a drug within the endocrinology world that's going to influence those antibodies, right, that they're going to use. So two things I've seen happen. Either they don't test it because like, eh, whatever. And if they do test it, they just tell you, well, you have thyroid antibodies. Okay. And that's it. <laughs> like they're, they're not going to do anything about that. But those are going to be really important ones to keep an eye on and to make sure those are good. Iron panel, ferritin. Iron and ferritin can also let you know if there's an underlying infection, if your body is stressed out, if you see that iron go low and that ferritin go high, it's a protective mechanism. So that's just blood work. Of course, there's further like, kind of like deeper like testing, like stool testing, mold testing, those types of things. But that's that's a really important place to start and to track those numbers. If you're having symptoms, testing those more often are going to be important. If you don't, like you're just pretty much well, you want to test them every year to keep an eye on them. So that's a great list. So those who are watching or listening, we're going to put notes down below of all of those markers. Write them down, bring them to your doctor. And if your doctor refuses to order all of them, then find a new doctor. Go reach yeah. out to Dr. Rebecca Warren. There's practitioners who will order that. I always say structure trumps intention. You can have all the best intentions in the world, but if you don't have the structure in place, it's going to be very difficult to get the amazing keto and fasting results that you want. If you are on the go traveling and you don't want to think about what can you eat to help you feel satisfied and to help you continue getting results on your keto journey, for me, my structure when I'm on the go, when I'm traveling, and when I want to have something nearby that's a healthy snack, my go-to is Paleo Valley's Beef Sticks. Paleo Valley beef sticks are the perfect gut-friendly, clean protein snack for on-the-go. And if you have children, this is one of the best things to give your kids. 
These beef sticks are 100% grass-fed and finished by farmers right here in the United States. They contain naturally occurring probiotics, which helps increase the diversity in your gut. It contains organic spices. It has high concentrations of omega-3 fatty acids, elevated levels of conjugated linoleic acid, which we know is an antioxidant and also could enhance your body's ability to burn fat. It contains vitamins and minerals, elevated concentrations of glutathione, which is your body's master antioxidant, and it's good for the environment. They have flavors that range from original to garlic summer sausage, regular summer sausage, jalapeno, teriyaki, and they also have turkey sticks available as well. They taste so good that I usually go through three or four, and I think I might set the record for eating almost 10 Paleo Valley beef sticks. Maybe somebody out there has eaten more than me in one sitting. You know, me and my fiance, Natasia, we're always fighting over these beef sticks in our house. We go into the pantry and I hear her unwrapping it and I'm like, hey, are you eating one of my beef sticks? <laughs> they are delicious. And since you are a avid listener of the Keto Camp podcast, we worked out an exclusive deal for you to get 15% off your entire order of Paleo Valley products. All you need to do is head to paleovalley.com and use the coupon code KETOCAMP15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order. That is KETOCAMP15 at checkout. We'll also drop a link down below in the show notes. So let's say they do all those tests, Rebecca, and things are off. They have the antibodies. They have high reverse T3. Um, they have low free T3. What would be their next steps? What are some some practical things before we go a little bit deeper? Yes, this is really, really good. Yes, doctor doesn't order it. So if they don't order it, fire them, find someone else. And I do have an option of ability that people can order tests on my website as well. Or sometimes doctors will say they're going to order it and then they get their labs back and they're missing. You walk back in there and you... <laughs> You tell them we're missing labs, right? So the first thing, I like to take things in phases because the one thing you have to understand is that there isn't a cell in the body that's not affected by T3. It slows every kind of hormonal output. It, it just slows it down. And I think the thing that sucks the most women, I, I, most, I work with women, is women will come in and they'll beat themselves up. I, I, I fasted. Um, I'm doing keto, I, you know, I'm working out, like, but I, I'm stuck. It's not losing weight. And so they beat themselves up and they become more restrictive when their metabolism has completely slowed down because they have no T3, right? But I'm going to talk about how keto can really help with that, but <laughs> to feel better, right? So my first thing is you get all these labs and then you determine, do I need a med help or do I need glandular help, right? Now in this world where we have access to grass-fed glands, you can very easily work with grass-fed glandulars, and Ben, you can let me know what your favorite ones are. Um, you can use grass-fed glandulars to kind of give you that extra oomph, and like strengthens like. So if you just kind of are suboptimal, it can help strengthen your thyroid and give you the hormones that you need. If you're very depleted, like your reverse T3 is low, your T4 is low, T3 is low, um, that's a time where I do find that utilizing clean kind of uh, meds can be helpful to get you to a point where you can get your head above water, right? So the cleaner form of thyroid medications that I like um, are, are going to be tyrosine, which is a gel capsule or tyrosine sole was a liquid. Surprisingly, the generic T3, so tyrosine, tyrosine sole is a T4 only. And then leotheranine is the generic T3, right? So fillers are going to be a lot cleaner. So I, I, you know, everyone's different. You might do well just T4 only. You might need T4, T3. 
but then the cleanest glandular on the market, it should be the cleaner, right? What's the lesser of all the evils, right? The cleaner ones are going to be um, Nature Throid and WP Thyroid. So if you're looking for meds, again, glandulars could be over-the-counter glandulars. You know, Thyrovans is a separate company. They are a little bit more intensive. So if you need a little bit more, like, okay, you're in that mid-range of being low, Thyrovans, but, you know, ancestral supplements or heart and soul, like those type of glandulars, you can just take yourself and support your thyroid. So that's the first stage is, do you need to get those hormone levels up so you're not stuck, right? Like if your body is stressed out, you will not see lasting results. So that's the first place. Then the second phase, I would look at the gut because if we're going to start detoxing and you talk about how to really detox, our detoxing is not, you know, what is it? Celery juice, right? We're not just drinking greens juice and <laughs> taking spirulina. <laughs> yeah, we're moving toxins. If you're moving toxins... You know, at the tissue level, you have to have a system that can eliminate it and eliminate it well. So I look at your elimination systems and then uh, look and your gut, right? So elimination systems, I mentioned it earlier, sweating, moving your lymphatic system, liver, you know, movement, um, bile pushes, those types of things. For women, you've got to have a normal menstrual cycle. You've got to be able to bleed and you've got to have normal bowel movements and you got to pee right? Pee, not just drink a bunch of water, but have a good mineral status where you're hydrated and you're peeing. Make sure all those systems are good there. And then I look at the gut because if you're not eliminating, if you don't have proper bile production in the gallbladder where a lot of toxins, you know, cleave, they connect to fat, you're not going to eliminate it. So that second phase, I'm working at the gut. Are you having constipation, having acid reflux? What does your gut lining look like? You can test zonulin, right? A protein that if it's there, you know there's leaky gut. As long as you have leaky gut, the environment is not going to be well. We have an amazing check and balance system in our gut. But if it's disrupted, that check and balance system is not there. You need to work to make sure that you strengthen that gut diversity and you're feeding the gut bacteria. Then from there is the question, what triggered it so that we can address it, right? Toxicity, I mean, detoxing is, whew, it's a big one for thyroid autoimmunity and thyroid cancer. Even if you've had your thyroid removed, you've got to stink in detox, right? So figuring out, was it mold? Was it Lyme? Is it a viral thing? When did you get vaccinated? If you got vaccinated, it could be months before. It can be that. Did it start after having COVID? And then now you can, or have you checked for cavitations, right? Have you had dental procedures and root canals that's harboring things that is really just wrecking your immune system? And then you go after that. You guys have been sold a lie on how easy it is to heal your thyroid or to heal your body. It's a layered thing. And so when I tell people the healing process is not a destination, right? The healing process is I don't want you to just be well 30 days from now. The healing process is that five years from now, you're feeling younger and better and doing more than you're doing today. That is health, being able to adapt as you age. And age is a number. There's the age number and then there's cellular aging. When you work at a cellular level and you allow those cells to be well, you can be 75. I have 75-year-olds doing five-day water fast, still driving themselves around and taking care of themselves, right? Like age is not what aging is. It's what's going on at the cellular level. Well said. Agreed. So those are two powerful steps right there. First, you get some labs done. 
get a full panel done, inflammatory markers, everything that, that Dr. Rebecca Warren mentioned. And then the first step is to assess based off of your lab results, which type of uh, meds do you want to use or glandular support do you want to use and explore that. Second step, you work on the gut and you work on the gut by doing detox, by making first and foremost sure that your detox pathways are open before you even do detox. So the elimination pathways, the bowel movement, you're moving, you're sweating, you're pooping. Uh, these are very, very important. Now, where does, after these two steps, now where does ketosis and intermittent fasting come into play here? Oof. So I love to use this. I've done it for my own health. The only reason I don't have a thyroid, so I'm on thyroid medication. The only reason that I was finally able to not need as much meds is because I got into ketosis, right? And you know, it's funny. I, before this call, I was like, you know what? I'm going to check the studies again. Cause I read this, I read it a couple years ago. I'm going to see if there's any other information because sometimes you can hear in different blogs or videos how horrible keto is for your thyroid or even fasting is for your thyroid and they'll say studies said x y and z well actually if you look at the studies there's a few different things that we need to clarify is that number one we do see a change in thyroid hormone production and conversion we do see a change in deionization especially in the liver but we see it go back after refeeding and the change that you see doesn't necessarily mean a bad thing. So I think once, and I'm going to put a disclaimer here, and I'm going to say mostly for the women listeners, and I'm, I'm going to tell you why, because um, I've been seeing it a lot lately. But number one, one of the really great ways that ketosis can really help is by creating ketone bodies for energy, utilizing those for energy substrate, then being dependent fully on this high amount of T3 for function. Okay. What the heck does that mean? It means is, is that if you see some issues with, you know, like all these symptoms of fatigue and brain fog and memory loss and weight loss resistance that are related to your thyroid hormones. What I have found is that women, I work with women, but this is for both men and women, when they get into ketosis, it's like all of these symptoms go away. They're not as dependent on this low T3 to go in and do all this cellular work when they're utilizing ketone bodies. And I'm going to be, I'm going to be transparent with you, Ben. When I first started utilizing like keto, when I was coaching people, whether they had no thyroid or with a thyroid, I was more conservative. I was like, oh, you can't, let's not, let's not do keto because, you know, your T3 is low. But I had people coming in that were doing incredible, that they were like losing weight. They were working, like they felt great and their T3, they had a thyroid issue. And I said, wait a minute, let me go look into this. Let me see why this is happening. And the way that your body utilizes ketone bodies, T3 is going to go up the more carbs that need to be processed, the more glucose that needs to get in the cell. Like T3 has that relationship with how much carbs we're eating. And when we are a predominantly carb-fueled society, there's a bigger need for T3. Also, a lot of fat on your body. You're going to need more T3 to deal with all that fat. So utilizing ketosis, right? In a way that you create ketone bodies, then you start to lose weight. It's what I have found. It's like giving your thyroid a break. <laughs> As you're trying to heal, give your thyroid a break, right? But I will say this, eating enough, eating enough is essential for thyroid hormone output. So utilizing fasting, and I see this, I will say this, I'm just going to call it out, I see it mostly in women. 
where they're very good at restricting carbs. Look at this, Dr. Becca, I eat 20, 20 grams of carbs, 30 grams of carbs, and they're eating like 60 grams of protein the whole day, and they started the morning with a HIIT workout. But they feel fine. I'm like, you're not going to feel fine. The purpose is to rebalance your hormones. So if you're utilizing fasting, if you're utilizing ketosis, the idea is, you know, you teach this a lot, but it's not about restriction, it's about nourishment. You still need enough calories to fuel your body, to, you know, fuel like hormone balance. If your body says there's a famine out here because you're not consuming enough because you're too restrictive, you will see that thyroid shut down. You, and how do you know your thyroid's shutting down? Not only is that T3 going down, but now that T4 is going down as well. That is a big red flag. So refeeding. And the last thing I was going to say is, I'm going to throw this out here because I mentioned we're going to see this more and more and more with more people that have like autoimmune issues that are not being addressed properly and because of environmental toxins. We know that Dr. Nikki Forov, who's this pathologist, has been doing a lot of uh, research on the gene of thyroid cancer. What he's finding is the gene, the RAS gene, R-A-S gene, which is the non-aggressive form of thyroid cancer has been increasing substantially since the 1970s. And he's like, there's no reason except for chemicals in our environment, right? So chemicals in our environment, which can trigger the autoimmune disorder that can trigger thyroid growth, thyroid nodules, they're going to lead to more and more people having thyroid growth, thyroid nodules, and thyroid cancer tumors, right? And we talked about this before, a really important gene within like cancer studies and research is the p53 gene it's this gene that suppresses tumor growth right and i'm just going to talk about it with thyroid but it's in all the cancers right what we want to know is what's blunting that what's causing that to mutate and how can we stop that from happening and again we're seeing this in all research but i'm going to talk about you know a few things here we know that here with dietary um changes decreasing glucose, your fasting glucose, seeing that fasting glucose come down due to carb restriction helps that P53 mutation expression be blunted. So instead of it mutating, increasing these chances of this you know, thyroid cancer or cancer cell growth, we see that going into a state of ketosis, decreasing that glucose can help with that P53 gene expression, which is a really big deal because, again, with thyroid cancer, you have two choices. You get it cut out or you leave it there. A lot of great studies showing active surveillance being a very viable option, but I think it's crazy that if you have thyroid cancer and you choose active surveillance, all they tell you is, okay, we'll just retest you every year. Oh, why wouldn't we look at how glucose can affect that tumor. Or how about keto and thyroid cancer? I found another study, which was really cool. The combination of a ketogenic diet or glucose restriction with NAC, powerful antioxidant, reduced tumor growth in animal studies. Um, obviously, we need further studies, but when it comes to thyroid cancer. So when I say like, I share this information because I wish I knew that a decade and a half ago. When you sit in a doctor's office and you hear cancer, you go into survival mode and all you think is cut it out and get it out, but you don't think about how you're losing a vital organ. Now we're seeing, oh, wait a minute, we can influence our gene expression 
through fasting and going in and changing our metabolic state, why would I just wait year by year? You actually have tools to change gene and cellular expression, especially when it comes to thyroid cancer. Super cool. And, and it's empowering. It's really it's empowering for the person because doing these, these little changes here, you know, ketosis, detox, fixing the gut, fasting, it really puts you ahead of the game. So you're not just another statistic or diagnosis. Hey, Keto Camper, we've been told for a long time, when it comes to magnesium, look at the forms. And let's face it, there's so many different forms and confusion when it comes to magnesium. But this company called Upgraded Formulas, they've created a nanoparticle magnesium, so you don't really have to worry about the form anymore. The unique thing about nanoparticles, it goes right into your membranes. It's small enough to penetrate the cell membrane. And the truth is most people are suffering from a magnesium deficiency. Common symptoms and signs of a magnesium deficiency include poor sleep, cramping, eye twitching, headaches and migraines, irregular heartbeat, stiff joints, anxiety, depression, body odor, and others. Magnesium is intimately involved in how you look, feel, and how you move. It's critical for feeling energetic, achieving peak mental and physical performance, and looking young and vibrant. There's a current sleep study being conducted right now on upgraded formulas magnesium. Early results so far shown that it was given to 212 doctors, and they had an average of 30% more deep sleep shown on their aura ring with upgraded formulas magnesium. Now, why is that important? Deep sleep is where your body activates its fat-burning hormones. You detoxify, you repair, you recover. How many of you would want to get more deep sleep? I'm raising my hand right now. Upgraded magnesium is endorsed by myself, my mentor, Dr. Dan Pompa, by my colleague, Dr. Mindy Pels, and many, many others. Another cool thing about magnesium is that it converts into melatonin, and melatonin is the most potent antioxidant for your mitochondria, and yes, it also helps with sleep. Look, it's much easier to replace the building blocks than to put in hormones, and that's what magnesium does. If you want to get your hands on a bottle of upgraded magnesium for 15% off, head to upgradedformulas.com. Use the coupon code KK15 at checkout and you'll get 15% off your entire order. That's upgradedformulas.com. Use KK15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. I'll drop a link for you down below in the podcast notes. I remember Kelly Kennedy, our lymphatic queen expert friend, mm -hmm. she once said, cancer is the answer. And I was like, whoa. Like, it's like, what do you mean cancer is the answer? Well, it's the answer that your body is, your body's giving you a, a feedback mechanism to show you that there's some interference, open up the hood and figure it out. You don't just remove the answer. The answer is there for a reason. The symptom is there for a reason. So I, I love that we have that premise that symptoms are not bad. Symptoms are a good thing from the innate intelligence to show you, let's go find out what's causing the symptom. And by the way, we're going to put those studies that Dr. Rebecca Warren is referencing down below. She's going to send them to me. So if you want to check those out, they'll be down below in the podcast notes and down below in the YouTube video as well. Rebecca, you, you mentioned Hashimoto's a few times. My, my mom has Hashimoto's. Uh, it's, one, it's, it's a very common um, hypothyroid. What, what's the percentage of uh, hypothyroidism that's Hashimoto's? Was it 90%? Ninety percent. Ninety percent. That's a, a high percentage. Now, a question I get asked a lot is, uh, can 
Hashimoto's, can you reverse Hashimoto's and get off your meds eventually? Ooh, I like this. I like this question because I'm actually looking at studies and stem cells with a thyroid. Really interesting stuff. So here's the thing with Hashimoto's, right? The interesting thing is you can have thyroid antibodies, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have thyroid tissue destruction. You can have the markers where, yeah, your immune system can attack that tissue, but it doesn't necessarily have to, right? So the goal is to decrease those numbers as much as you can. Because if you're at 500, you can go down to 200 and immediately see a change in symptoms and thyroid output. And that for you can be enough. That can be a lot, right? In regards to the immune system. Now, the problem with happens with Hashimoto's is the thyroid tissue destruction, the thyrocyte destruction, those cells being destroyed because of the attack. And usually when there's an attack, usually when there is like those thyrocyte death, you're going to have more symptoms. You're going to be very, very symptom prone. And you're going to see like usually a roller coaster of like, you might do labs one time and it's hyper and then you do labs again and it's hypo. So you're like, oh, I don't really know what I have. No, that's usually associated with like a thyroid storm, right? So the idea is, okay, where are you at in your Hashimoto's? Is it more kind of balanced? Are you kind of even keel? How long have you been on thyroid medication? Um, and, you know, what does the thyroid tissue look like, right? Getting an ultrasound, seeing what it looks like. But I think something that's really cool and really promising and you know, I, I made my husband, Nathan, he's a doctor too, right? I made him come in here so I could read him this study and this discussion. So they just found out that there's adult stem cells, well, not like in the last 10 years, right? Which is a big deal, adult stem cells in the thyroid, which is the possibility of really truly regenerating thyroid tissue, right? So whether that's with stem cell therapy or who knows, like how many studies are being done on tissue regeneration with fasting. I know that people that have had their thyroid removed, if there's some tissue left, they can regrow it. But that conversation's not being had. The idea is that if you're on thyroid meds, you're probably going to need to be on it forever. But this is why I called my husband in because, you know, we're both passionate about what we do. Because in this, like literally in the discussion part of the study, they said, but, you know, pretty much we have a cost-effective way to deal with thyroid issues. It's a pill. Like, it's like, okay, should we go down this path of stem cell and tissue regeneration when we already have it figured out, right? Like we have a very easy way to deal with this, like kind of, so that's a big issue that we're having right now with thyroid disorders is in medicine, we have something that works, something that is not going to kill you. So why kind of, you know, mess with that? But that's not what we do, right? We want quality of life. We want the best thing possible. So I think in light of that, what we know about thyroid tissue regrowth post-thyroidectomy for some patients, what we're starting to see with adult stem cells um, in the thyroid, as well as different other types of stem cells that they're looking into. What I like to do, and I tell this to people when I coach, is I don't like to wait on studies to prove what's possible. I want to do the impossible and then make studies want to study what we're doing. I make science and research want to say what's going on here and how is this happening. And so I think that's where kind of like Hashimoto's tissue destruction and regeneration is going. You have to do it, right? Like get the trigger under control. Because the last thing you want is to the possibility of, re and the study said that, like the possibility of regrowing thyroid tissue and then your body attacking it. 
right? Get it all and then do the things we know that increases cell growth, healthy cell growth, stem cell production, and rebalancing of that immune system. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people can do that even after their thyroid has been destroyed for long-term autoimmune issues. Super interesting. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised either. So it's, and it's, it's an exciting time. And you're right, there's no motivation from doctors and drug companies to explore that because they already have something, mm-hmm. makes a lot of money, you know, it's cost effective, it's easy to administer, and it doesn't complicate things for them. But like you said, our premise is different. We don't want to have to be reliant. We want to remove the interference and just allow that innate intelligence to go to work. So I do believe that it can be done too. And, um, you know, so hopefully somebody listening is inspired to be their own guinea pig and yeah. you let us know how it goes for you. Yeah, seriously. I posted in the Facebook group for my Keto Camp Academy membership that I'm going to be interviewing you, my our favorite thyroid expert. <laughs> and there was a couple of comments. So one is a question, one is a comment. I'm going to read the comment first from Betty Ann. Betty Ann says, if it wasn't for your other interview with Rebecca... I would have been totally unaware of my thyroid and hormone issues. I brought it up to my doctor who immediately agreed and started a whole new protocol with me. So you yes! made a big difference with yes, that conversation. Awesome. Super cool. Good job, Betty. Yes. We, we, have a, we have a theme in our group, Be Like Betty. That's who Betty is. <laughs> I love that. And then um, second question, this is a question from Antoinette Francis. She's in New Zealand. She said, thank you, Ben. This is great. I look forward to it. I've had some trouble interpreting my thyroid results. I feel like I have a thyroid issue as well as the outer third of my eyebrows have decreased and my metabolism feels low. My blood results say my thyroid function tests are consistent with youth thyroidism. Uh, What does that mean? And then she gave some TSH readings, but they're in different values. So what are your thoughts? on? What are the TSH readings though? I'm just curious. Um, Yeah, I don't know if they're... We're going to have to probably convert them, but uh, she says 1.1 MIU slash L um, was her TSH last year. Okay. So, I mean, so the first thing I want to say, and I was teaching this in a group that I was doing for like thyroid hormones and stuff, is that, you know, before we had labs, doctors actually checked off body symptoms, like to discover thyroid issues. And since these thyroid labs, especially the TSH being the gold standard, you're listening to this, I'm putting quote marks, like these doc, a lot of doctors, not every single one, but that's why you're in charge and you're going to keep an eye on this, right? They'll use TSH as the gold standard and say, if this doesn't show up here, then there's nothing wrong. While the person in front of them is showing them all the red flag that there's a thyroid issue. TSH alone is not going to be enough to know what's happening, but you do have symptoms. You know, you've got hair changes, especially in the eyebrows. That's pretty a significant one. Um, If you're having hair changes, hair falling out, weight loss resistant, metabolism is low, brain fog, depression, anxiety, constipation, blood sugar imbalances, all of those can go back to that thyroid issue. And I, I could tell you this as well. I, I know Antoinette's history. She, she did, before joining the Academy, she did low fat for 30 plus years. See, th- Can I tell you something too about that, that we don't really discuss enough when it comes to thyroid issue? We know thyroid output is a problem. You know, we talk about thyroid conversion, but how about cell receptor sensitivity? Like the same, like the easiest way to understand it is like having cell receptor issues with glucose, not getting, not being able to get glucose into the cell. 
guess what? You can have that with hormones. You can have a cell receptor issue that is not binding up and utilizing those hormones effectively at a cellular level. So that can be a problem as well. Fat is essential, essential, essential for hormones. So that's another thing as well. And then stressing out if you were low fat for a really long time, your thyroid is going to adapt to stressors. It's going to adapt to stressors, which is why hormesis is really important so that you can switch it up and not have the same chronic stressor. But a chronic stressor of low fat, chronic stressor of toxicity, your body will adapt to that because it's amazing. It's intelligent, but it gets to a point where it adapts, it adapts, it adapts, and then it becomes into a chronic dysfunctional thing. So first step is first, and I've, I've coached a few, I've spoken with a few people, done consults with people in New Zealand. You've got to get those. You're probably not going to get reverse T3 in other countries. It's a little bit harder from what I've seen, but free T4, free T3, and TSH. You've got to add the output and the antibodies, right? You got to add that in there. Don't go off of like everything is normal if you don't feel normal and go off of what you're feeling. You know, she shared those symptoms because she knows. She's like, wait a minute, something's not right. And this sounds like a thyroid. Start off with that full thyroid panel and then go from there. Identify where you need the most support and then go from there. Yeah, great tip. And Antoinette, I know she's going to be listening or watching. In the Academy, we have the masterclass we did with Rebecca a little over a year ago. And in that masterclass that you did, you also had a presentation deck with all those markers. So if you go and log in and just type in Rebecca Warren, you'll see that in there. A couple more questions for you before we wrap this up. What's the relationship between the liver and thyroid health? Oh, okay. There's a, a few different ways, right? So number one, the, within the liver is where you're going to convert it. That's a majority of your conversion of thyroid hormones. And what's happening in the liver, not only is it going to affect how much active hormones is available, but it's also going to determine how much reverse T3 you're making. Because I mentioned before, you can start to make a lot more reverse T3 than T3, and it can be a liver issue. Absolutely. And if that happens... If you have a lot of reverse T3 in comparison, because you should have, it's like 80-20, right? You should have majority of free T3, some reverse T3. But when you start increasing that, the one thing that you have to know is that reverse T3 looks like free T3. It's a competitive type of structure. So that means that it can bind to the cell receptors instead of free T3, and you can have all the symptoms of hypothyroidism, even though you don't have horrible free T3 levels because your reverse T3 is high, right? So that is where you're going to move those iodine molecules. That's where all of that's going to happen. So having a healthy liver, having a liver that's clearing out, that's able to convert is going to be vitally, vitally important. So that means, Rebecca, if... if um... First of all, there's a lot of problems with the way conventional medicine looks at thyroid health. You already said it. TSH is the gold standard. It has nothing to do with thyroid health. It's a pituitary thing. But let's say a doctor is prescribing their patient T4, um, and, and they're using T4, but they've never checked their liver health, so they have no idea how it's converting. Is that a big problem you've seen too? Mm -mm. Yeah, and then people are pretty much told that checking your liver is just looking at AST, ALT, like looking at just blood work. But I mean, for those numbers to be high, you've got to have some liver cellular changes. It's going to be pretty severe to get to that point, right? You're, you're absolutely right. You, you wouldn't believe how many conversations I have with people when I look at their health history that have had exposure to different toxins, like because that liver is that detox, right? It's that clearance, it's that removal of toxins. 
that have had exposure to some pretty strong medications in the past, antibiotics, people that have been, maybe lived in moldy homes, like they know they have all exposure to all these things that are going to be hard on their liver or their glucose, right? Never they predominantly very carb heavy meals always and always over and over again, right? And then I ask them like how are your bowel movements cuz the secondary place, you know, is the gut, like where you convert it. So sitting across from me, it only takes a few questions for me to ask them about their liver health and their gut health. And I usually say, well, how well do you think your liver's functioning? They're like, well, no, because of my history and my exposure, it's probably not very well. How about your gut? Probably not very well. I was like, but did your prescribing doctor ask you these questions before they put you on a T4-dependent medication? When you get on Synthroid and Levothyroxine, the idea is that your body knows what to do. The body's smart. It's intelligent. But we are living at a more toxic, sicker, more stressful time for our body than ever before. You can't ignore that. Getting on those and then hoping for the best and telling you that you should feel good because we did the gold standard testing and you're on the best med, that's not enough. You've got to understand the process. Ah, so important. So important, Rebecca. So share a little bit about your where they can find you and your social media and your website. Yes, absolutely. DrRebeccaWarren.com, Dr. Rebecca Warren, and I have a free Optimal Lab ebook there. You can find out more information about my programs or my podcast on there. And then pretty easy, Dr. Rebecca Warren on Facebook and on Instagram. We'll put all that down below and go subscribe to Rebecca's podcast, The Thyroidless Life Podcast, available right now. And uh, Rebecca, I always have so much fun with you. We ha we have a blast. We're in the same group, learning from Dr. Pampa, and you're you're such a blessing to so many people. You're giving a lot of hope to people who felt hopeless with their thyroid. So thank you for coming back for round four. I'm already looking forward to round five, and I'll I'll see you actually in a couple of days at the Keto Orlando Summit. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me, Ben. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Rebecca. You might want to listen to it again. If you want to watch the video version of this interview, that could be found on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash ketocamp. All podcast interviews could be found on the YouTube channel as well. Go follow Dr. Rebecca Warren on her social media channels. We'll drop a link for all of that down below. Go subscribe to her podcast, The Thyroidless Life Podcast. And please share this with somebody you know. If you want to do detox with me and learn how to do detox at the cellular level to support your thyroid, head to ketocampdetox.com. Thank you so much for listening to the entire episode of the Keto Camp Podcast. Hey, I'll see you on the next one. This podcast is for information purposes only. Statements and views expressed on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Benazadi, disclaim responsibility from any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own. And this podcast does not accept responsibility of statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or non-direct interest in products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.